Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, Episode 45 with Mike Peters. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. All right, let's get started. I am so excited to have Mike Peters on the line today. Before we get into it, I do want to mention that Mike's using a pen name for privacy reasons, and I want to be upfront with you about that. Mike's is truly an international family. He hails from the Philippines while his wife is from Austria, but they've planted a church and have started an NGO in Southern Europe where they've lived for the last five and a half years. Okay, Mike, I've given just a little introduction. Why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and the ministry. We'd like to get to know you personally. Yeah, sure, Brian. Thanks uh, so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this. And uh, I'm just really privileged, you know, to talk to you and, um, you know, and for people to know what, you know, what we're up to here. Yeah, um, um, just like what you mentioned, I'm originally from the Philippines. My wife's, you know, from Austria. And God has called us here, um, this part of part of Europe, you know, because, um well, there's only 0.1%, less than 0.1% Christians here. And, um, and, that, and that's the reason why, you know, God has called us here because more than anything else, it's just so easy, you know, to find an atheist or an agnostic, you know, on this, in the street rather than, you know, a Christian. So what we did was, um, you know, I guess just the wisdom of God, you know, God has given us a strategy by starting an NGO. And because of this NGO, we're able to reach out to, you know, the people here in, you know, in, in this part of Southern Europe. And so, uh, you know, my background being in the Philippines and having lived in the States and at the same time, my background in the ministry, at the same time, the background of the ministry of my wife really has, you know, basically helped us a lot in preparation for this, you know, for this calling of God in our lives. And so, uh, my, my kids, um, basically are, are just, you know, part of the perfect plan of God because, you know, right now they're trilingual. They speak the language here. They speak their, uh, you know, uh, you know, my wife's from Austria, so they also speak German. At the same time, they speak English. So, you know, God has re-prepared us here as a perfect missionary, I would say. And, uh, you know, just because of, you know, just the grace of God. So, yeah, so an international family, uh, you know, um, living in, 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 a, in, in an international land, um, we're just privileged. And so um, the NGO has started already. It's been like about two years and the church is three years old. And um, things are just rolling here. So we're just very, very excited. Well, that's great. And for those listening, I also want to mention that uh, 
that Mike has really, really kind of uh, stepped out and taken this uh, in that he's actually supposed, he was in a church meeting. Uh, they had a meeting going on right now, and he's taking time out of his schedule right now to be part of this. So while he's not in that meeting, we're praying that God is is over and through and uh, above all of that, because we believe right. that God's perfect plan, just like his kids, is also in play right there. So I did want to put that out there just to let you know that Mike is really stepping out in order to, to be with us. Now, Mike, thanks so much for sharing that. We do know you a little bit. Can you also share with us a scripture or maybe a motivational quote that's really been meaningful to you? And then share yeah, with sure. us. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Philippians 4.13 has really uh, been my, my verse ever since we moved here. You know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me, uh, gives me strength. You know, um, I did not, you know, if I was given a chance to pick a certain country, you know, my natural self would, you know, would most probably pick some, you know, a country that where I'm very comfortable with, for example, the language, the culture, and just just about everything else. Um, when we moved here in this part of Europe, we didn't know the language, we didn't know anyone, we didn't know the culture, we just came here by faith. And I wouldn't say it's just really been very easy. I mean, there have been a couple of times where I just really want to give up. Um but then, you know, God has always assured me that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When I'm having a hard time with language, you know, just uh, just from I, I remember the time when I was going to school, learning this language, you know, didn't know this, just did not understand what people were saying. And I was thinking, man, how could I even share the gospel if I don't even know how to communicate very well? And so, again, that verse just came alive. You know, I can do this through Christ who gives me strength. The culture, to understand the people. People are so, you know, against the church, against Jesus Christ. How can I even do this? You know, and again, that verse just gave me strength. You know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I could just not wait to tell you guys all the favors that we've been receiving just because God has promised that he will give me strength through Christ. So that has been really, uh, you know, the verse for, you know, for us, for our family. Oh, that's, that's powerful already. I, you're so quickly and so, uh, so, um, yeah, just so quickly sharing some of the amazing things that God has already done. Mm -hmm. Uh, with that, I would like to go ahead and transition to a time in your journey when you were facing some kind of challenge. We know that our lives aren't always happy and easy. We look around on Facebook or some kind of, network and yeah. we think that everybody's lives are amazing and we forget right. that all we're seeing are the happy pictures and yeah. everybody faces those challenges and one of the things that humanizes us is to realize that people have those challenges and i i find that that helps us connect even with missionaries mm -hmm. so can you share with us one of those challenges yeah sure absolutely you know this happened to me um you know this specific um well situation uh when we moved here is i guess about 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 six months from the time that we moved here. And uh, I remember, you know, I just love jogging. I just love running. And so I was running, you know, one time at the park here. And all of a sudden, I just felt this discouragement. And I was thinking, man, I am in a foreign land, and I'm a foreigner myself. I don't speak the language. The people here hate Jesus. The people here hate the church. They don't want to be connected to any kind of religion. You know, you say, for example, you are a Catholic, they hate that, but then you don't say that you're a Catholic, then you're a sect, you're a cult. So, and then I'm just thinking, how in the world can we start this church? How in the world can we reach out to these people? 
And so I know maybe it's just common sense, but all of a sudden, you know, while I was jogging there, I was just really having a hard time. I was just, you know, just really, really discouraged. In all of those trainings that I've received and all of those ministry experience, I could not even use because it's, I'm in a place that's really something new. I totally had to depend on the Lord. And then, you know, while I was jogging, I just clearly heard the voice of God. And then he said, your job is to make disciples. My job is to plant a church. My job is to start and to grow the church. And I don't know with you, but I know I've known that for such a long time, but it just never clicked, you know, until I you know, came here in this land. Yeah, my, my job is to make disciples and God's job is to start his church. That's not my job. You know, as long as I'm faithful with what God has given me, then that means that he will be faithful to do his part. So all of a sudden when I, you know, when I was talking and I received that word of God, you know, because at that time I was building relationship and nothing was happening. Um, you know, I was trying to research about, um, research on the things that would, you know, just make things easier. And at that time it was, it seemed like there was just nothing was happening. We tried to do, you know, to do one thing and it just failed, you know, did another thing and it failed again. And on top of it all, we, I mean, I could just not really express myself just because of lying. So it was very, very discouraging. And then just God just, you know, spoke to me very clearly. Mel, your job is to make disciples. My job is to grow the church, to plant a church. And so that really helped me a lot. And so looking back now, we've been here for about five and a half years. NGO has been started. It's been two years old already. It's tremendous favors we've been receiving there. And the church now is three years old and it's just tremendous favors we've been receiving. I mean, true enough. I mean, it's, it's really God. So, you know, again, just like what I said, I would not say it's easy, but hey, you know, just like what I mentioned, it is God who gives us strength through Christ. And at the same time, it is my job to make disciples. And even that, when I, when I told our Lord, yeah, it's not as if like it's so easy to make disciples, but God told me, Hey, I mean, my promise is that as long as you make disciples, I'll be with you until the very end of it. So what else could I possibly need? I mean, I just, everything that I, that I, that I need is there already, his presence. So, so I mean, and I, and I just all, it just clicked that, you know, God will never give me something that I would not, I would not be able to do, you know, and so, and, and it's been so, amazing again of course we're in this you know adventure and but you know what there will be fruit and i believe you know that the church will explode you know one day i've been receiving a lot of prophetic words about that but yeah it is it is god's job to do this my job is just to obey him that's that's about it so it's been really an encouragement for us one of the things i so appreciate about what you've been sharing is how clear it is that the word is part of your life that so much of what you've been sharing is coming straight from the word in these moments when god reveals things to you or these mm-hmm. moments when you're facing challenges uh, it's it's very powerful to hear how the word of god has worked in your life with that i'd actually like to go ahead and skip across the next next question where we normally ask for one of those moments of revelation because you've already kind of shared one of those and what i'd yeah. like to hear is mm-hmm. kind of what What's going on now in your ministry? Maybe something that's ex- exciting you, something you see coming in the future. Sure, great. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, you know, one of the things that I really, really believe is that, you know, that the church is something, I mean, the church is relevant to the culture. You know, I just don't believe the church is just, you know, uh, it's just doing something religiously or that kind of stuff. But I, what I meant by that is that, you know, when God wants to really change, you know, a nation or a city, 
you know, I really believe that he would use the church. And so the church should be part of the society, of the culture. So, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, when you asked me or when you mentioned about the NGO, uh, we were really thinking about this and we were thinking like, man, how can we really reach the locals? Um, it's so sad because in this part of Europe, you know, where we're at right now, the least reached people are the, are the locals themselves. And so, you know, there's been like some churches have been existing, but most of them are really, uh, you know, just, I mean, not, not to say that it's, it's something bad, but, you know, there's a lot of foreigners in their church and that's something good. But, you know, I, I believe that we should also be reaching the locals. You know, God has called us here and so we should be reaching them out. But the thing, you know, that the locals are so resistant to the gospel. And so we, with, you know, after lots of praying and everything, God has just given us this idea of the NGO. And again, fast forward everything. You know, um, right now, um, God has given us an amazing favor from the, I mean, from the European Union itself. You know, the European Union has formally um, approved our NGO. And at the same time, there's this, you know, the second largest university um, in Europe is found here. And normally they don't approve NGOs or any clubs or, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, but just by the miracle of God, you know, he gave us an amazing favor by being officially recognized in this university. So that means that we could just do anything we want there, any activity we want. And so we are able to engage the locals. We're able to engage the students. We're able to engage the university students there. And then very recently, we were able to um, receive an amazing favor also from the government. And that means that we're able to officially uh, be recognized by the different uh, I guess youth centers in this in this area. So all of these favors we've been receiving from the European Union, from the, the second largest university, and at the same time from the government, are enabling us to be able to reach out to the locals, and that's exactly what's been happening. In fact, um, you know the, the locals that are being reached out right now, and the locals that are saved, and the locals that are actually on their way, I really believe, and the locals that are already open is. And, and, and the reason for that is because of this NGO. You know, through this NGO, we are able to show the people that, hey, you know, we're not religious, but we love Jesus. And it's just okay to talk to people that, you know, like us. And we're not weird. You know, we are, we are normal people who love Jesus Christ. And, you know, it takes about a year for one person here to be open. Normally, that's, you know, that is what we're, what we're uh, seeing right now. It takes about a year for, you know, one person to open to the idea about Jesus, to the idea about religion, to the idea about Christianity. And I'm talking about atheists. And all of them, when we ask them about, about the thing that enabled them to reconsider Christianity, they always say one reason, and that is just the change that they saw or that they see in our lives. And this reminds me, you know, that what, what, basically what Jesus said, they will know you, not because of your works, not because of your preaching, but because you love one another. And that is one, you know, one thing that I've, that I've thought of is like, gosh, yeah, you know, people will know us, we're Christians, not because of our affiliation or denomination or because of our church name or the way we raise our hands, our hands is the way we treat one another. And so that's exactly what they you know, what they told us. So, you know, that's what's been happening. And also the church, for example, like this coming, uh, this coming Sunday, um, we will be starting our second service. You know, normally in this part of, of Europe, um, the average attendance of, of Christian churches is about 40 to 50. And these churches have been existing for about five to 10 years. Just by the grace of God, not because we're great, but just because by the grace of God, 
you know, we are three years old and, and we are ready to start a second service already. So that's just amazing. Um, and at the same time, not only we're able to reach out to the local people, but God is also enabling us to reach out to the different internationals here. So it's just an amazing adventure. And we so believe that, you know, we're just barely scratching the surface. We're still learning. But you know what? God is faithful for us. You know, God is faithful. He will grow his church because that's what he said. So I'm just really excited about what's, what's been happening, Brian. Wow, that that is amazing. There's just so much there. The thing I that I think that, that I kind of key into is that they realized that you were real, that you weren't religious, but that you loved Jesus because you yeah, lived that right. love of Christ. You know, it, it's easy to read those scriptures. I, I I don't know about you, but I've read them a lot of times, and it's easy to read through those and forget. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is real. This isn't just right. something I'm reading to check something off of a list. Right now, we know that not everybody is called to vocational ministry. In fact, most of our audience is made up of people who live in North America and who operate in the marketplace. They do care about missions, but they don't necessarily feel called mm-hmm. to missions. What would you say to someone who is called into the marketplace, but they're starting to wonder if what they're doing in business really matters for the kingdom? Right, right. Um, thank you for that question. I mean, I've been asked that question a lot of times. Um, you know, for me, I guess it starts with the perspective of what is a missionary? What is missions anyway? And again, we've heard this being preached a lot, but, you know, I, I live this. Um, I really believe that we're all missionaries. You know, in the same way that we're called, we are also called to a certain place, a certain people. Just because, you know, I'm being, you know, I'm called here doesn't mean that I'm, I don't, um, you know, I'm not important as to, for example, in uh, I'm not important in terms of the whole picture in terms of missions. What I mean by that is this one. If we're all called in this place, then who will fund missions? Who will pray for missions? You know, missions for me is a teamwork. You know, somebody will pray, somebody will send, somebody will have to do, you know, to be, uh, you know, to be in, in a place, in a certain place. It's just so happened for me that God has called me to be in a certain place. And I have a lot of friends, you know, that God has called to support us prayerfully and financially. And I have a lot of friends as well who, you know, whom God has called to pray for us. You know, the reason why there is an NGO here and the reason why there is a church is because of all those people who are just fulfilling their calling in God. I so am thankful for those people who are so passionate about missions. And a lot of times, every time I travel to the States, they will say, man, you know, what you're doing is great. It's just that, and I'm not able to be there. And so I feel bad about this. And I know I always say, don't feel bad about it. I said, if feel, you know, I would, I mean, if you're if you're doing something that you're not called to do, then maybe you can feel bad about that. But if God is calling you to support, either financially or prayerfully, and you're not doing that, yeah, maybe you know you may feel bad because you're not really you know uh, pleasing God. But if you know, but if if you're exactly doing what God has called you to do, if God has called you to pray, pray. If God has called you to you know, to live in a certain land or, or, or foreign land and go do that. If God has called you to support, you know, people prayerfully or financially, do that. Why? Because missions is a team effort. It's never been, you know, uh, an, an action or a project of just one person. It's has always been the church of God. And the church of God is composed of different kinds of people. So I would say, don't feel bad about that. You know, our goal in life is to please the Lord. And I think the first step in placing the Lord in terms of mission is knowing what he has called us to do. And after knowing what God has called us to do, 
then let's do it faithfully. Because at the end of the day, you know, we want to please our Lord. That's just what, you know, what I what I think about it, Brian. Yeah. Now, I'm also sure that there are some people who are listening and they're already supporting a missionary financially or in prayer, but they may want to do more and they might not know what to do. Mm-hmm. If they really did want to level up their game, what's one thing they could do to further encourage or support a missionary? Yeah. You know, I would say get to know the missionary. That's about it. You know, Brian, you know, I've been, I've, I mean, I, I wouldn't say like I'm a veteran missionary because the truth is that I've just been doing cross-cultural missions for almost six years now, and that's really not a long time. You know, but for me, I've, you know, I've always believed that, you know, supporting missionaries start with a relationship. You know, when I, when I go to the States, you know, let, let me just share my heart with you, Brian, and, you know, to all the listeners right here. You know, unfortunately, when, uh, you know, I guess, unfortunately, generally, when people hear the word missionary, the first thing that comes to mind is, man, this guy's going to ask for money. You know, I, I had a bad experience about that. And, and it, it, that is very, very unfortunate. But for me, I guess the first thing that's, you know, I mean, I would encourage someone to do is to get to know him. It's a relationship. Just like what I mentioned, every time I go to the States and, for example, like I, I meet a lot of new people, I don't, I, I don't go talk to them about finances right away. You know, I want them to know me. I want them to know, you know, what God has uh, told me to do. I want them to know what the mission is. I want them to know my family. I want them to know my wife. I want them to know my kids. Why? Because the very fiber or the very foundation of missions for me is not the money but the relationship. Because the money can be gone, but the relationship can still be there. You know, it's so easy to just give money to people. And you know what? And we can be, we can even be tapped out and that's fine. But if we know the person and we know, we know them, we know their family, we know what they're up to. We know the ups and downs. We know their feelings. We know their needs. We know, you know, when they're happy, when they're sad, it's so much more to it. So that's what I normally tell people. In fact, you know, like, my recent visit to the States, I met, you know, I sat down with a lot of pastors from different um, churches and I, and I, and I just told them, sir, I, I really appreciate you sitting down with me, but uh, you know, but what I want us to, you know, if, if I could encourage you is that what I would want us to do is just to know one another. I want to be able to know you. I want to be able to know your church and I want to be able to know your family more than anything else. Cause I believe in you more than, you know, the financial gifts. So, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, and the reason why I can say that, Brian, is because I really believe, you know, that when God calls a person to do missions, or let's say cross-cultural missions, just like what I said, it is a team effort. God has called these people already. And with that, I'm so secure. And so I don't have to, like, you know, bang on doors and say, hey, please give me money. Or maybe, oh, you know, you're you're so passionate about, you know, missions, but you're tapped out already. You know, it's again, it's not about that, but it's about I'm just secure. The Lord has already called those people will pray and it will support. But you know what? It's actually a lot better to support a person if you know them personally. So even, you know, even for, you know, for the people who support us, I'm so grateful. But you know what? We talk to them if it's their, you know, birthdays. We send them, you know, uh, in email. Sometimes I call them when I'm in the States. I, you know, I'm I'm spending time with them. And you know what? We, we pray and fast for these people. Why? Because these are lives. I don't see them as dollar bills. I see them as people, part of the mission. That's interesting that you would share that about seeing them as people. Um, I was recently working on some uh, some 
writing that I was doing for a software company that works with missionaries. And one of the things yeah. we wanted to point out is that, you know, those donors, those are those supporters, those are real people. And of right. course, the missionaries know that. But when you're dealing sometimes with a software company, it's easy to forget that. Right. And and that was something that was near and dear to the that that particular person's heart anyway. That you know these are people. Right. You know these are and and he was a former missionary, so that made sense. Um, I right. would like to be a little sensitive to time and go ahead and transition to the speed round. Uh, we're starting to run a little bit long, and I know that you want to get back to your meeting. Uh, would it be okay if we just asked maybe five or six more questions? Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, okay. uh, you know what? The, the meeting is fine. Yeah, thank you so much, but don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I love being here. Love talking to you. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, with that, I'd definitely like to hear your answers to some of these these quicker questions. So what's one thing you wish you would have known before you started out? Sure. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I wish I would have known on how to really, really prepare. <laughs> I mean, I know that um, right now, for example, some missions agency or some churches prepare the missionaries. Um, if I had known the things that I that I know now, you know, before, I think this, you know, things would have been a lot easier. Um, you know, for example, on how to prepare a team. Uh, you know, I don't believe in Lone Rangers. Um, you know, although, I mean, hey, I mean, if God has called you, that's great. And again, just do whatever you think the Lord is calling you to do. But I, you know, I really believe that in terms of church planting, you know, because sometimes people would say, hey, you know, when you plant a church, it's all by faith. I so believe in by faith. But at the same time, God is a God of wisdom. He's a God of plans. And so, you know, practically speaking, I wish I, I'd known um, practical ways on how to really build a team, on how to, let's say, um, uh, you know, raise, let's say, you know, financial support for the church itself, not just for, you know, for us as missions or missionaries um, and, all the, and all that kind of stuff. So being able to prepare and plan well and really and really have a um, what do you call that, like a timeline like let's say for after two months, you know, we're believing God for this. After three months, we're believing God for that. And I just so believe, you know, that, yeah, I mean, I, I believe it's it's by faith. I believe it's the presence of God. But how great it would have been if if we had those, the presence of God, the anointing of God, faith, and at the same, the same time, great and wise planning. I really believe, you know, things would have been a lot easier. Wow. Uh, this this next question kind of ties into that one, and it may be a similar answer. As you look back over the years, is there one thing that you might wish that you had done differently? Yeah, I mean that's just like what you said. Yeah, it kind of ties with that. Um, um, you know, I, I you know I just I just wish that I that I would have known those things. Yeah, first. Um, again, thank God that <laughs> that you know again by His grace um, we're able to do what we're able to do right now. Um, but I just wish, you know, that I, I would have known that. I, I wish that I would have taken some more time to really, you know, sit down and think through things and plan and talk to people and to and for things to materialize. Um, and, and I and I and I understand that some people don't share this this uh, value. And I do understand that, you know, but for me, at least in my experience, and, and I'm not saying that this is something that's true for everybody. But at least in my experience, you know, especially, um, I guess I would say that, uh, you, know, you know, this place that we're at right now, it, it's such a hard soil. And, um, yeah, I mean, if I just knew those things, I mean, I, I mean, things would have been a lot better and, and, and easier. So, yeah, that's one thing that I, I would change okay. um, to be to really be able to prepare well. Yeah. 
What's the best advice you've ever received? Oh, wow. The best advice I've ever received. Oh, the best advice I will receive is, you know, from, you know, from this guy. And uh, he's actually one of my spiritual fathers. He lives in New Orleans right now. Um, His name is Sam Hawkins. And I truly honor this guy. You know, he said to me, even before when I lived in the States, um, in fact, he was the first pastor I've been so close with and have a very, very close relationship with. Um, He said, Mel, don't forget your identity in God. That's just he said. And now I, more and more, I'm, I'm, I am really understanding this. Being a missionary, sometimes, you know, we put our value, especially when I go back to the States, I feel that pressure. I feel the pressure to report. I feel the pressure to say, oh, here are the fruits. I feel the pressure of, oh gosh, you know, there's not a lot of things to say. I, I gotta, I gotta think, you know, and sometimes, you know, there's a pressure to put our identity on those things that have been happening. Oh, you know, sometimes when we hear praise reports, you know, submissionists will go like, oh, man, I wish, you know, this happened in my, in my area. Yeah, it's, it's great. But sometimes, you know, our, you know, our identity is tied to it. And, and sometimes, you know, like, for example, for the first couple of months when we were here, nothing was happening, you know, because, again, we didn't know the language, we didn't know the culture. It took us about two years, three years, actually, to really understand. And we're still understanding it right now. But I have learned whether there may be fruit or not. You know, my identity rests on God. And there's nothing else I can do more for, for me to, for him to love me more. And there's nothing I can do less for him not to be pleased with me. Hmm. So my identity is whether there's like 50, 60 people in church. I mean, <laughs> I'm still a sign of God. You know, I am still an effective missionary. There's a lot of things to learn. Yes, absolutely. But you know what? My identity is in God. I am a son of God. And there's nothing I can do more you know, for me to be able to prove that God is already pleased with me. And you know what? It's so easy to say this, Brian. And this is something I've been learning again and again and again, especially sometimes when we have some discouragements here, when we're just so ready to throw in the towel, right? You know, already and say, man, I'm just going to just go back here, go back there. I'm just going to do something else. Uh, Because again, because why? Because I don't want people to think I failed. But you know what? I mean, for me, God has never rebuked a person for you know, for stepping out in faith. He has always rebuked people for, you know, lack of faith. And I stepped out in faith. And so my my identity rests in God. And so that always, you know, reverberates deep in my soul. You know, I should never, ever forget my identity. And that rests in God, whether what happens to this church plant or not. You know, and one of the things that I've, you know, one of the things that maybe missionaries um, uh, um or are afraid of is the fact that, man, I might fail. I might fail here. And, and with that comes with like, you know, what will people think of me? You know, maybe I'm not going to be like this. I'm not going to be like that. Or maybe I'm not really this or I'm not really that. So yeah, I, I just, just, you know, my daddy rest in the Lord. That's about it. All right. Can you share one of your personal habits that you strongly believe contributes to the success you've seen? Yeah. Thank you so much. Two things. Uh, number one is, Really, the word of God, just spending time with God, and number two, spending time with my family. Those are the two things that are so dear to me. Um, you know, spending time with the Lord, uh, that never, that never grows old, that never will never be old. Um, of course, just being able to be connected with the Lord, and sometimes I'm able to enjoy my time longer, sometimes not. But you know what? Time with the Lord, for me, at least for me, doesn't mean that I always have to sit down. And spend about 30 minutes. And sometimes it's just so busy. I don't have, I don't have time to do that. But sometimes I drive and I spend time with the Lord right there. But you know, 
that that discipline of spending time with the Lord is right there. But second second thing is is spending time with my family. Um, um, it, I know that in church planting it's crazy and everything, but you know what, Brian? If I failed in discipling, let's say my family, if I failed to be Jesus before my wife and before my kids, I have truly failed. So even before I could lead this church, I have to make sure that I can lead my family. Before I can lead my some of the people to get to the Lord, I, I should be able to to know that I, I'm able to lead my kids, you know, my wife to the Lord. Um, and those are the two litmus tests for me, my spending time with the Lord and spending time with family. So those are the two things that have really helped me a lot and are still helping me. Yeah, those very, very powerful things. Do you have an Internet resource that you use and could share with our listeners? Yeah, um, you know what? I Every time I go to the States, I always um, visit Andy Stanley's church. <laughs> and the reason for that is because, I mean, just his the Internet resource, um, their website. Um, and there's also a website for, for pastors. I just, you know, encourage you to, to go there. Um, and at the same time, you know, his books, I've, you know, I've read his books and everything and I just really relate well. It's because, you know, Andy, you know, based in his book and at the same time I was able to connect with some of his leaders They really are ministering to the people that are unchurched and, you know, being in a place where there's only less than, you know, 1% Bible believing Christians and I can so relate with that. So, um, yeah, every time I visit the States, I make sure that I, you know, pass by Atlanta, you know, hmm. uh, sit down with some of his leaders and uh, just absorb what I can, you know, I can absorb, you know, read what I can read, just learn uh, and being able to be open and be, be a learner. So North Point, you know, North Point mm-hmm. um, Ministries uh, for me is, is a great resource. That, that's excellent. And for those who are listening, I will be linking up all of the resources that, uh, that Mike has mentioned, uh, including North Point, their, their website, their website for pastors. And then also, I, I don't know if you knew this, but he actually has a podcast as well for, yes, for that's leaders. True, yeah. Yeah, and, for, yeah, for leaders. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, right. That's one of my favorites. It's only one, once a month, but I'm always waiting for that one to come out. Mm, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> do, you, do you have a book that you would recommend for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, for me, the book that I've been um, telling actually my 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 pastor friends in the states is the Deep and Wide book by Andy Stanley. Um, that you know, in itself, we we call that our you know our Bible. I mean, second to the Bible itself, just because again, just because of the of the of the place that we're at right now. Again, with less than one percent Bible believing Christians, that book is just really made for uh, for for uh, missionaries or for just for anyone who would like to reach the unchurched. And by unchurched, I mean those people who don't really believe in the Lord or maybe those people who are so tired of church or maybe those people who have, um, who have given up on, you know, in Christianity or whatever, that kind of stuff. So it's so effective. I mean, we're doing it right here. Of course, you know, we're getting the principles and we're contextualizing it. But Deep and Wide by Andy Stanley has really affected us and really helping us a ton. Wow, that was that was great, Mike. Thanks so much for sharing that. Now, we are almost done. I'd like for you to share, well, actually, before we get to that, for those who are listening, typically I ask for contact information, but because some of the information that's going on is, is sensitive and could potentially close some doors for Mike and the ministry there, uh, if you would like to connect with Mike, I'm going to ask you to email me which would be feedback at engagingmissions.com. Send that to me and I'll, I'll try and find a way to connect you, but we're, we're going to be a little bit more sensitive with the information we put up because of this. Now, Mike, again, we're almost done. Is there one last piece of advice you could share with us before we say goodbye? Yeah. Um, 
You know, the, just a piece of advice. Um, you know, I, I, for me, it's just interesting that, you know, sometimes I just not very comfortable in, in, you know, in, in saying advice because, you know, for me, it's just like, I mean, I'm just like really a learner. But, you know, for me, again, missions is just, you know, missions is just a very fancy word for, for, you know, for me, you know, for just sharing the love of God. And that, that's about it. There, you know, you don't have to be in a certain country to be a missionary. We are, we all are a missionary, not because of our affiliation, but just because of our identity and our identities. We are all kids, children of God. You know, um, being a child of God is, is having that heart of God, that, that, that just overwhelming love for people. And when we have that love for people, we just could not, the natural thing to do is to give. That's why I love John 3, 16, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave. He, for God so loved the world that he did what any, you know, person who's in love would do. And that is to give. And because we've experienced it, it will just be natural for us. You know, may that be in your backyard. May that be with your own family. May that be in a foreign land. You know, how we just can never forget just that love of God. That we have experiencing, that, that we have experienced, we're experiencing right now, and that forever we will experience. And when we have that, that is a fuel for us. That is a fuel for missions more than anything else. You know, the fuel for missions is not really money, it's not really agency, but it's really the love of God. Because it's because of the love of God that we're able to give. It's because of the love of God that we're able to pray. It's because of the love of God that we're, we are all willing to sacrifice everything. It's because of the love of God that we're able to leave our comfort zones. It's a love of God that keeps us going when we're so ready to say, I just want to give up. It's just the love of God. And I thank God that, you know, that we experience that every day. It's not something that we just know. And I thank God that Christianity is, is, is more than a bunch of information. It was something that people experience. And because of that, you know, we have the passion right here for people to experience it. And so I guess, you know, the, you know, the, the, the one piece of advice, you know, that I could really give to us, you know, and including myself is never forget just the love of God. If I forget the love of God and everything else will just perish because I think everything starts from there. And it's such a privilege. It is such an awesome privilege to be here doing what I'm doing. It's such a privilege for, for, for you even say you're listening right now to do what you're doing. May you be praying, may you be giving. May you be a missionary in your own land. May you be a missionary in your workplace. It is such a privilege. And I thank God that he gave us this opportunity. I could never ask for something better. Thank you so much, Brian, for giving me this opportunity. I, I really appreciate that. Oh, thank you. I, I Right now I have the feeling I should have started with the last question and just let you talk about the love of God for 30 minutes. That was <laughs> that was wonderful. It's like reading 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John all together. It's, right. it's wonderful. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, oh, we really you. appreciate your time and the, especially the time that you took out of your meeting. Oh, no, that's, that's really nothing. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. And, uh, uh, yeah, just again, if you want to, you know, just get some more information or whatsoever, you, you can just uh, get a hold of Brian. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure Brian would, uh, would connect us. Thank you. Thank you. That's all the time that we had with Mike Peters. I really do appreciate him taking time out of that meeting to come and to meet with us. And actually, we ran a little bit over the time that we had allotted. So I'm really thankful that he did that. 
as I mentioned, if you wanted to connect with him or if you're looking for links to any of the resources that he mentioned, or if you'd just like to stop by the show notes page, you can find all of that at engagingmissions.com slash Mike Peters or slash 45 is in episode 45. I know. Can you believe that we've gotten to the 45th episode? That is absolutely amazing. If there's something that really spoke to you, if you have a question or anything, or if you'd just like to leave a comment, you can also do that in the show notes. Again, engagingmissions.com slash Mike Peters. Or if you have something that's a little more personal that you don't necessarily want to put out there for the public, you can just send that to me at feedback at engagingmissions.com. I do read all of those emails that come in. And whether this is your first time here, you're connected with Mike and you just stopped by to hear what he had to say, or if you've been subscribed for some time, I really do appreciate that you're here. It means a lot to know that you're here. If you haven't already subscribed and you would like to hear from missionaries like Mike and the other 44 guests that I've had, you can visit engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. There you'll find a link that'll take you directly to this show in iTunes, which is probably the easiest and fastest way to subscribe unless you're on an Android phone or something like that. But that'll that'll be the easiest way to, to subscribe. And then also, if you've never left a rating and review, that's one way that you can help other people find this show. Not only can you send emails to people or, you know, link to it on social media, which is wonderful. I appreciate that. But you can also leave a rating and a review, which helps me know if what I'm doing is meeting your needs. And it also helps other people connect to the show because it lets places like iTunes know that, hey, somebody's actually listening to this show. Somebody's actually caring about this and they care enough to leave a comment or a review. So that would be really meaningful. And then also, just again, Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. It means so much to know that you're here. And I really would love to hear from you. If you shoot me an email to feedback at engagingmissions.com, you can expect to hear back from me as well. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.